Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Cosmos Country. On this week's episode, we are going to talk about the Cosmos' recent signings. The club officially announced that they will call MCU Park home, so we will talk about that. But next week, we will go in-depth and talk about what the move really means, what the Cosmos need to do uh, to be successful in 2017 and in the coming uh, years. We have an email from a first-team podcast listener and then towards the end of the show, we will talk to Juan Guerrero, the Cosmos' recent signing last year. He played for the Tampa Bay Rowdies, and we had a great chat with him, and you can hear that towards the end of the show. So let's start out to talk about the Cosmos' recent signings. Jimmy Maurer, a fan favorite. He was teasing us on Twitter. He finally returned last week. Walter Estrepo, who was a member of the team when the Cosmos won the soccer ball in 2015, played on the right wing, very dangerous player. He is a threat, and it's great to have him back. He went to the Philadelphia Union because he wanted to leave after we won the soccer ball. The Cosmos didn't stand in his way, which you can have your own opinions on that, but that's how Gio likes to run the club. And then the Philadelphia Union decline to renew his contract and they're going to lose a star player that's the problem with MLS teams is they go out of their way to get a player and to pay a transfer fee for him and they don't treat them the same way Walter Estrepo for the New York Cosmos and for any NASL club is a star player but MLS treats players differently and I would never understand that the Cosmos re-signed Iose the Cosmos announced today that they signed El Salvadorian forward Irvin Herrera on loan, 25 years of age. He played for St. Louis FC of the USL, where he made 25 appearances, scoring 14 goals. He says, I'm very happy to be joining a team with such great history and success. I've heard many good things about the coaching style of Gio and his team, and I'm looking forward to contribute to the season ahead. The young striker has represented his country 13 times since his national team debut in March 2015. That's a great thing is that the Cosmos need to start getting players that are playing on their national teams because as a supporter, that's pretty exciting. He could play for your local club and then go represent his team. That shows you he's a great player within his country. So you don't have to go out there and buy a Messi or buy a Neymar or buy a big name, but you're getting a talented player that St. Louis FC valued. That's why they got him, but they sent him out on loan uh, for the 2017 season. I don't know why they would send out their star player, uh, but maybe they have other things going for them. Who knows what St. Louis FC is doing? The Cosmos 
announced today that they will call MCU Park home. And this has been a, a rumor for a while. It has been reported during the summer. We reported it on Twitter in August. But as we all know, there was so much uncertainty. And now Rocco comes in and he's our savior. And now he officially announces that we're going to play at MCU Park. It's the best option out of all the stadiums out there. There was Columbia University. Rocco, during his first press conference, said there was a college in Long Island that they were talking to, having negotiations with. But MCU Park blacked out the dates. Seamus O'Brien was talking to them before all this uncertainty happened. It's the best option out there. It's a very professional facility for the supporters, for the players, for everyone from top to bottom. This is a great home, close to all transportation. You have your trains, there's buses, there's everything that you want for your own stadium. This is a stadium for the short term, but the Cosmos need to be within the five boroughs to be successful. That's a given. We all know that. So the Cosmos for the 2017 season will play at MCU Park. They will be close to local transportation. And hopefully it means that we will get more supporters to MCU Park and fill up the stadium on a week-to-week basis. But the problem that the Cosmos are going to have, and I thought about this before when I was thinking of where could the Cosmos call home and what might happen We will talk about this in depth next week. And I've saw this on social media that a lot of people living on Long Island would not make the trip out to Coney Island to go see the New York Cosmos. And I understand that the people on Long Island were supporting a local team. And that's going to be, I think, the biggest problem for the Cosmos is, okay, we weren't filling up Hofstra, but those were your diehard fans. But then now you're moving to MCU Park and hopefully you're going to fill up the stadium and have 7,000 fans on a week-to-week basis. But hopefully we have more supporters that want to go to the games, and hopefully there is a buzz and there is a demand, and maybe there will be a waiting list for Cosmos tickets. Imagine if there's that buzz to go see a Cosmos match in 2017, and then that forces Rocco in the next couple of years to say, hmm, we need to expand, we need to build a stadium, we need to build a home for ourselves. But next week we're going to go in-depth talking about Uh, the impact on the 2017 season, what the Cosmos need to do to be successful at MCU Park and within the five boroughs. So, again, MCU Park, professional home. Tell me what you guys think on Twitter and on Facebook at First Team Pod. We have a listener email that we will read out in a couple of minutes. But before we do that, I just want to let you guys know you can send in your thoughts and your opinions on the New York Cosmos. If it's the Cosmos Stadium, if it's how they're playing, Whatever you feel that you want to talk about and you want us to discuss on this show, you can email us at firstteampod at gmail.com. Hey guys, my name is Serge. I'm a big, big Cosmos fan from Texas. I've been following the team since 2010 and been a fan since the documentary came out, but knew of the team when I was a kid. I've been fortunate to see the Cosmos twice, in Oklahoma 2016 and their preseason 2015 in El Salvador, which made me realize how big this club is and can be. I think the Cosmos plan should be what they begin to do in 2016. Start the academy, have the Cosmos B team, construct the team again with hungry players, and in time, bring in players like Senna, Kronger, Ayose type players, along with academy products. And start again with the four to 6,000 fans that attend their games. Grow it naturally, because it will grow. To me, they kept the team more New York-based, with players in open tryouts, which made it more of a real New York team. But the mistake was to put that team in Long Island. 
The brand is there. It is a well-known club around the world. Trust me, people know the club. The way I see it is have the Paul Kemsley era marketing, ambition of the Seamus O'Brien era, 10-year plan, but not overspend and have an owner like Rocco. To me, it's all about marketing. And that's what the Kemsley ownership did great. Yes, uh, Serge, you are 100% correct. We need to market the club. The Cosmos have this brand, have this name that sells itself. But if you don't know that that team's playing, that that team's back playing competitively, then you're never going to be as successful as they were back in the day. Back in the day, people weren't soccer crazy. They came to see the Cosmos because they kept buying big-name players. Today, you need to be a part of the community. You need to be a great soccer club. And I think the Cosmos are, but like what Serge said, the one thing that we lack is marketing. And I haven't seen any billboards in Times Square or anywhere, for that matter, under Rocco yet. But once they announce the schedule, that's when everything is in their hands. So today we can talk about they should do this or do that. But once everything's announced and they need to sell tickets, hopefully that's when we see the team on billboards have commercials for the upcoming 2017 season. If they don't do that, then we can question the ownership group. Then we can question what's the plan? How can we be successful? I have faith in Rocco to be successful, to bring the Cosmos to the top, not the top of the pyramid, but to bring them to the next level. And the last thing I'll say before we get into our conversation with Wanguera is that the Cosmos are always looked at as a minor league team. And I think the biggest hurdle for the front office is to get that that label off of the team. And the only way we're going to do that is if we fill up our stadium, Maybe if we win the U.S. Open Cup one day and do pretty well in the CONCACAF Champions League and keep making strides and keep growing as a club, then I really think that's when that label of minor league comes off the New York Cosmos. But once you're doing things as a club, that turns a lot of people's heads. Like we went to Cuba, we went to El Salvador, uh, we went to Hong Kong. MLS clubs don't travel that much. They don't travel. They go to Arizona. They go to Florida. They go here. They, most of the time, they stay within the country. But we travel the world because we had stars and we have a name, a brand, a team that people want to see and that people know about. And that's something that a lot of soccer supporters and clubs in this country don't have. And we need to take that to the next level. I really feel we can do that as supporters as the front office can do that, and Rocco is going to lead the way. But we have to believe in this. We have to buy into this. If that means buying season tickets, if that means maybe you can't get season tickets, maybe get single-game tickets, or do whatever you could to be a part of this Cosmos family, this Cosmos community. Maybe talk to other like-minded people. Maybe you have friends that like soccer and they follow Arsenal or watch the Premier League but they don't support local soccer in their community. Tell them the New York Cosmos are here. They have affordable tickets. We need to help grow the club together. We can't depend on Rocco to do it or Eric Stover to do it. They can do as much as they could, but it's up to the supporters as well 
to help grow the club. I would like to welcome Juan Guerra onto the program. Over the past two years, he played for the Tampa Bay Rowdies with 45 appearances and three goals. Going into the 2017 NASL season, he joins the Cosmos under the Rocco era, which is a very exciting time. I'm joined by Cosmos' a recent signing midfielder, Juan Guerra. How are you today, Juan? How you doing, John? I'm doing well, man. Thank you. Welcome to New York, uh, first of all. Uh, hopefully, you're going to enjoy the weather. <laughs> thank you, and thank you. Thanks. Uh, since I got here, everybody has treated me very well. Um, I feel like I've been home since this first day and very excited to be part of the New York Cosmos, and I can't wait to get started. Let's talk about your career before you joined the New York Cosmos. This is not your first time in New York. You played for the Brooklyn Knights. Uh, can you sort of take us through that uh, experience? I did. Um, when I was in college at FIU, I believe it was my junior year, so I had the opportunity to come up here and play for the Brooklyn Knights for Coach Joe, and I took it, and it was it was a wonderful experience. I loved it. I loved New York. It was it was a fun summer, and it definitely helped me uh, to develop for whatever was coming after college. Yeah, so that's really great to hear. And after you suited up for the Knights, you moved back to Venezuela and played for multiple clubs. Uh, what is one thing you learned uh, from playing in your home country? Um, I just, well, right after college, first of all, I went to the Combine, and I got drafted by FC Dallas. So I went over there for preseason. Preseason was great, and then Coach Shellis at the time, he told me that he wanted to keep me, but since I was an international back then, it was going to be very hard for him to give me a spot on the roster. So he told me if I could wait till December, um, I was probably going to get a chance. So I spoke to my family, I spoke to my dad and my agent, and they told me I was already 20 years old, and they recommend me not to take the risk of staying six months without playing. Mm-hmm. At first division level so I had an option to go back home it wasn't one of the biggest clubs back then but it was a big club that was going to give me exposure and hopefully was going to help me develop and I was going to be able to kind of like uh, win a spot in a starting 11 and then just kind of prove that I that I could belong in the first division level so that's what I did the first year first six months were very tough um, and after that, I, I was a starter for the next probably 20 games. And I was 21 years old, and Caracas FC gave me a call at the end of the year. After your experience with uh, those clubs in Venezuela, you called Tampa Bay home for two seasons. Did you enjoy your time with the Rowdies? It was great. Yeah, it was it was different. Um, I didn't know the league back then. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I, uh, after playing in Venezuela. I just I got the the option to to come to the United States again since I lived here for like eight years during college and high school. Um, I, I was recently married when I got the offer from Tampa Bay, and I decided to come to to see what the what the league what the league was. I heard great things about the league. There was great players coming to the league as well. And I decided to come. I said, "Why not? Let's let's give it a try." 
and we'll see what happens. So, yeah, since, since this first day, I felt that the competition level was high. The players were great. The level of organization here in the United States and in the league were were also top class. And, yeah, we've been happy since then. Did the Rowdies have to, like, sell you on their project, like what they wanted to do in the future, or you just wanted to take another opportunity? Oh, uh, no, definitely. I think that every time um, a soccer player or most soccer players make a decision, they have to think about their project. Always, I think the, the team, the institution, is what goes first. You know what I mean? If, it, if yeah. you don't have a stable project, if you don't have an institution that knows where they're heading, then it's kind of like making a risky move to go to an institution that just doesn't know where they're going. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So definitely, they sold me the project. Um, they they made a good offer, which it was good for me and my family. And that's why we decided to come. Like it was the same thing that when I decided to come to New York. As soon as I heard the New York Cosmos, I didn't doubt it for a second. I know it was a rough time a few months ago. But it's what we were just talking about. It is about the project. It is about the institution. It is about uh, what the team is and, and where is the team heading. And that is the most important thing for, for me as a player. Uh, with the Rowdies moving to the USL uh, to join MLS in the coming years, uh, what do you think of the U.S. soccer pyramid? It is weird right now. It is weird right now. Like We probably understand what is going on because we're, we're we're living here and 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 we know both leagues and we kind of like follow everything that is that is going on but if you try to explain this to somebody outside of the country that plays in another league and they have relegations they have first second third division yeah and you know what i mean it is yeah. kind of tough to explain it to them but right now i think u.s soccer is going through a kind of like a turbulence moment that we could see if we could call it like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is growing a lot. Yeah. So I think by the decision that the U.S. soccer took about giving Division Two status to both leagues, it is just going to help both leagues to develop. League players, fans, and teams, they just got to grow this year. We all got to grow together, and both leagues just got to prove that they, they, they can... They deserve the Division Two status. So at the end of the day, I think it's a win-win situation for everybody. Do you think it's hard uh, to bring players over when they're pretty confused? Like, you played alongside Joe Cole, and when he talks to media in England, it's just so weird when he tries to explain, because they always ask Joe, oh yeah, so how's Tampa Bay? How How's U.S. soccer? And then he tries to explain everything to the English people and they get confused as well so yes it is it, that's what that's why I told you it is it is very hard to explain it to someone who's not um, living in this environment or playing or following our lease here in the United States it is completely different overseas but just because it is different here it doesn't mean that it's bad it's just um, a lot of people are trying to make decisions and everybody's obviously trying to make the best decisions for their clubs or their leagues. And as I told you, it's just at, at the end of the day, until both leagues don't really get organized and we know what is the first division, what is the second division, 
what will be the third division, mm-hmm. having uh, the relegation. When all those things happen and they come together, when soccer in the United States could be played year-round like it is played all over the world, and that will tell you that a lot of big players, well, more big players, and probably in their in the in the prime years of their careers, are going to be fighting to come play in the United States. Yeah, they're just laying down the foundation for the future, and that's pretty exciting to be a part of it, right, Juan? So, correct, I agree. So, it has been reported that another NASL club was interested in securing your services. Would you like to reveal that club or no? I was just no. I just want to focus on talking about New York. I'm here right now. I'm, I'm very happy to to be part of the club. I want to focus on being successful in New York at the moment. So, what attracted you uh, to the New York Cosmos? I know it's the history and all the great players that played for the club, but do you think it's the Venezuelan connection with Giovanni Savarese? I think it was a bit of everything. I know um, Gio's a winner. On top of being a winner, he's a great person. He's a he's a great coach. He has proven it year after year. I know Gio for many years ago. When I was a little kid, my dad used to take me to the stadium to watch the national team play, and Gio was a starting four for the national team. Mm-hmm. So it means a lot to me to have Gio as a coach right now, and that was a big part of the decision. Obviously, everybody knows what New York Cosmos is. A lot of youth players that play for the club have worn these colors, and and to me, it is an honor to 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 wear the jersey. Now, um, the project that they have is it's going to be a new project. They they're building new foundations, and I'm sure with like all the returning players they have, with the coaching staff, fans, and the people in the office, and hopefully they're gonna the project is going to be successful for many years to come. It's very interesting, uh, the Cosmos situation at the moment is because they were going through uh, their own phase. They were developing as a club, and you were looking at that as a rival playing for the Tampa Bay Rowdies, and now you're going to be a part of the rebirth of the New York Cosmos in a way, and you're going to be a part of uh, the new vision and the new project under Rocco Camiso. Yes, that was also a big part of my decision. It is. It is a new vision. It is. It is a new project. It is. It is an owner that that knows the game, that that loves the club, and and he wants people and players, or like fans and people working for the club, that that have that feeling of belonging in the club. I just think that a lot of owners sometimes uh, make mistakes, thinking that with a lot of money you could buy everything, but money will never buy the sense of belonging or respect for a team or, or for an institution. So that's why the owner here wants to do. That's what our coaching staff is trying to build. And that is very attractive to me. And that's why I made the decision to come here. We have some listener questions. Zach says, uh, if you could pick one player in the history of football to play with, who would it be and why? I'll pick Iniesta. And why? I don't know. It's just so easy for him to play. And over the years, I just enjoy watching him play. And it is funny because I'm not a Barcelona fan. But he, his game is amazing. It just makes make, makes everything look so easy. I believe he's one of the players that you make the players around him look better and become better players. So you always want to play around people that makes you look good.
And you played one game in Spain as well with Las Palmas, right? Yes, correct. <laughs> so the last listener question uh, is the strongest aspect of your game. Strongest aspect of my game. I don't know. I just like to give 110% every day in practice and every day in the game. I'll give everything for for the jersey, the team that I'm playing with, and for my teammates to win the game and win a championship. That's all I think we ask for as Cosmo supporters is if you put 110%. Thanks, Juan, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Best of luck in the 2017 NASL season, and hopefully we can lift uh, the NASL championship in November. Amen to that, and thank you, John, for, for bringing me to the show, and I hope to meet you in person soon, and I hope we all have a successful year together. Thanks to Juan Guerra for joining this week's show. I really appreciate him coming on, and hopefully we can have him on real soon. You can connect with the show on Twitter and on Facebook at First Team Pod and on our website, firstteampod.com. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's show. The Cosmos have a lot more things coming in the next couple of days, and we will be back next week talking about everything going on in Cosmos country. And as always, let's go New York Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. The Borough Boys, the Benadol Cosmos, and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York Street and White. What we bleed, you see and fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo Country loving, we above them. I'm just saying. All those lovely songs come and see it and I'm playing. The fact of it is, the rap from Tate attacks, hash and bliss. Reacts, tap me win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's stacking the wing, on the back of the through the mid, cutting the seams. It seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Fact Grow down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you with bad views, like shouting cues aloud to you without the dudes. Around my crews, I'm tracking that's no excuse. Each session a lesson, it's not about perfection. The work's the test, and F's connected like a method. Not breathless after training, something's gotta be corrected. Rushing and acceleration at the start's the most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it. The work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.